There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to the Mudhorn Clan cast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve. And I'm Besker Dave. Today we're talking about Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian, titled The Jedi, Episode 5 of Season 2, and written and directed by Dave Filoni. Oh my gosh. The Jedi. It had a very like ominous title. I mean, we knew it was coming, but it was awesome. Yeah. I love the, the title, the beginning. But before we get into all this and all the craziness that is this episode, let's have a little bit of... Well, it's show news, but our friend Fred from the Netherlands managed to get us feedback from last episode. So we're going to share that with you now. Take it away, Fred. Hello, Steve, Dave and Sean and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4. Well, you can call this an action-packed episode. Well, what can you expect when they bring in Grief Karga and, above all, Kara Dune? A lot of humor, m- mainly caused by Mithal. At several points I thought, okay, he will be the red shirt, he won't survive. But he did. Oh, sorry about red shirt, wrong series. And how many stormtroopers can you kill with just four people? It really is Star Wars. The funniest part, although fully expected, is when the Mandalorian was chasing these Imperial fighters with the Razor Crest that the child had a kind of amusement park roller coaster experience with eating too much candy. I would fully expect that he would throw up and he did, but it still was funny. And what is this with Star Wars and canyons? They always chase through canyons. In this case it was a lava canyon and in the previous episode it was a snow canyon and if it's not a canyon on a planet or a moon then it's a kind of canyon on a Death Star or something like that. I think I should accept that as a standard Star Wars trope. If there is not a canyon in a Star Wars movie or let's say five episodes of a series it's not Star Wars. It must be something else. And on the other hand, it always works in bringing tension. Another one is the one that Mithal has to do when he had to switch off the cooling system there with a kind of big cylinder where you can fall down and you have no uh, railing or something like that. It really reminds me of a lot of Star Wars situations, none the least with Dark Vader. It starts to feel a little bit like a, what would I say, a knighthood story or a fairy tale story where a knight has to 
do seven tasks before he reaches his goal. The Holy Grail or being allowed to marry the princess or whatever. So with this Mandalorian, it's the same. He has to reach in between goals to go or to be able to go further. So in that sense, we can expect a big bang at the end that he has to slay the dragon there. Oh no, sorry, he already did that. He already slaughtered the great dragon. So it must be even bigger than that. It's uh, it's more or less even, although I don't play it, but I see my sons play it like a computer game. And then you go a step further or a level further, and then at the end you have the big boss to defeat. So the series is full of tropes and storytelling models, but nevertheless, I do like it. It seems that they are proven concepts and unfortunately I'm not good enough in my Star Wars canon to make a link between this kind of super soldiers I think that Moff Gideon is trying to build there. You will probably explain. Okay that was all for now. Looking forward to the next episode. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, episode four was definitely a very tropey episode. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like the fact that he brought up that it's kind of like a knighthood story. I didn't think of it that way, but it does make sense now that somebody's kind of shed some light on that. Yeah, it's always compared to like a Western or a samurai. More than a knighthood, it's more of a samurai story, especially this one. I can say to Fred that the character of Morgan in this episode five, I thought of Morgan Le Fay, who was once an an ally and then an enemy to King Arthur. So when he speaks of knights, he must have had a premonition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, he talked about they're always going through canyons and stuff like that. I don't think they had it back in the day when they were original Star Wars, but there's the mock loop in the United Kingdom where today's jet fighters and even some of the propeller planes will go down into a canyon and come flying out the other end. And, and photographers from all over the world will stay there and they zip right by them. They take some of the most amazing pictures. And some of the, the scenery and the, the sight of jet planes going through that canyon is pretty impressive. And the uh, version over in the United States is actually called the Star Wars Canyon. <laughs> nice. Is it? Yep. That's awesome. You can look it up on YouTube. There's there's plenty of video footage. I would wear my Federation or Mandalorian diapers if I had to do that. I don't know how those guys do it. (laughs) Yep, no doubt. Fred, we appreciate your feedback, and we'll hear from him again at the end of the episode. All right. So, the Mandalorian and the child continue their journey through a dangerous galaxy. (laughs) Thanks a lot (laughs) for that. I'm telling you, it's the same people that wrote all the sci-fi ones. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Oh. So, Sean, you wanted to get to an initial reaction? Oh. Yes, but I have to share something with you guys, because with what happened, this is the last time I can give you my really crappy, cheesy Baby Yoda song. <laughs> are you ready? And I'm sorry, because I don't sing very well. But Are you, th- are you threatening us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Can't hit it. laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. One, two, three, four. <laughs> This is the Baby Yoda show. We not we know he's not Baby Yoda, though. We can't help it, because look at him. He is just so cute. Look at him eat everything. I can't help it. Oh, my gosh. This is the Baby Yoda song for you. And, yes, it changes every time I sing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so that's bad. But anyway, I like the episode because it had um overall a di- different feel. For me, it wasn't just a Western, like you guys were saying. I mean, it had like a lot of different pieces, but it, it felt a little dark, like not quite genocide egg-eating baby dark, but it had kind of a, a dark feel with a lot of parts. And it had me wondering what was going to happen, especially when we had, we had multiple reveals actually. So I wasn't sure. It's like, oh, is this good? Is it bad? And it still had me on the edge of the seat wondering, is that transponder going to come into play in this one? So, I mean, I liked it for all of that. A lot of people thought it should have. Yeah. (laughs) It should have too. I was like, oh my God. When when he says the line, which y'all know, oh yeah, he's back at the ship. I'm like, he's not going to be there. I was should have been. So now I'm going to throw the hat over to you, Steve. All right. Yeah. I really enjoyed this episode. And yeah, Sean, I agree that it had a very dark feel to it with all the trees seeming to be scorched. You really get a feel that, yeah, this is a an imperial type planet now, which Bo-Katan didn't mention any of that. So that was a big surprise. Yeah, the forest planet. You should go to the forest planet. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, what kind of forest is this? <laughs> So we can definitely tell that the magistrate has definitely stripped this planet of all its resources. And I don't know how they're going to make it in make do on this planet now that they've gotten rid of her. So and yeah, we'll, I'll we'll say I kind of hope it's out. just that little area, like right around the, the town fortress thing, like maybe further out. Not, and then, although, could that have also been like, here we go. Let's go deep. Could that have been, I don't know what it's called, is it an allegory for what we're doing to the Earth? Yeah, right. I thought of that. Yep. Dave, what yeah. about you? Well, I have a problem with Uh-oh. my buddy Dave Filoni. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I'm looking at his work filmography right here. He's got, uh, of course, a lot of experience with Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Resistance and Star Wars Rebels. And a lot of people say he inherited the mantle of Star Wars and he's got two directing credits, including this one for The Mandalorian. But boy, I just, since he wrote it too, I just found it too derivative. It just borrows too much. And and if it's true that this was really a backdoor pilot to Ashoka Khan's Tano series, I'm like, ugh, that would make it worse. You know, it, it, Steve and I just did a, a Discovery podcast and they borrowed a lot from their, pa- a lot yeah. from past stories. And at its worst, when you borrow a lot, that's fan service. And I got a feeling it's, it's fan service. And of course, people are geeking out over, you know, the reveals for this episode. But that doesn't make it good writing. That just appeals to fan service and people geeking out. Right. It's it's kind of like both series are trying to see who can top each other for the most fan call out. Yeah, it, it's too many references. Uh, I know they have to, you, you can only lean on it so much and you need to move the story forward. And if, if it's true that this is a backdoor pilot, then uh, that makes me even more cynical. We have a great story. You have the Mandalorian and uh, not Baby Yoda. <laughs> so I, I found it, the first watching, I found it a little slow. I thought it lacked pace. You guys get that at all? I think I was too wrapped up in more of the visuals than like the story the first go. So 
I wasn't well, thinking about that. It wasn't exactly that. edge of your seat. It didn't have that kinetic energy. Now, if they had thrown in Moth uh, grief there, that a Moth, yeah, the Grand Moth, that would have been electric. If he was waiting back there, that would have been a holy you-know-what moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, oh, is it going to happen? So, like, I was expecting that more. See, I'm waiting for Moffat to show up and, like, kill everybody off. So, it's, um, and I don't mean Moff Gideon. Stephen Moffat. But it's like, <laughs> so like I was kind of edge of my seat at that point. But I, I understand what you're saying. Like overall, the tone, it was even though there was a lot going on, it was almost more laid back, which sounds mm. weird. But yeah, it wasn't like white knuckling it or anything. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I wasn't breathless by the end of the episode. Yeah, it it was very similar to the the episode where we meet Kara and they have to destroy the the walker to save the town type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What episode was that? Was that the gunslinger? No. No, uh uh-uh. No, no. That was the second episode. Oh, no, yeah. Right, yeah. Kind of had that feel to it. Yeah. Well, they straighten their act out. I mean, it's that's just my criticism. I'm looking at Dave Filoni right now on the internet for his page on IMDb, and he's standing there with wearing a cowboy hat and someone who's doing a cosplay of a co- uh, Ashoka Tano. So you know he's invested in that character. Yeah, yeah. I did like the makeup though. Yeah, I not mean, bad. Because I'm watching the Clone Wars, and we're only three, four episodes in, and I'm like, oh, okay, the makeup looked really good. I'm like, okay, that looked good. But let's let's jump into top three moments. All right. So I'm going to have to say my number three was Ahsoka Tano, but it was more the ninja-like movements and the samurai outfit that she had. Because I just thought that looked better than if it was just like, I'm a Jedi, bitch. You know, but uh, <laughs> plus it made me wonder, especially in the beginning. Well, actually, I can't even say the beginning. Everything that she did regarding the town fortress kind of thing made me wonder did she go or start moving away from the light because i don't i don't know if it's officially canon if gray jedis are still canon but if she's kind of gone to gray jedi where she's not dark but she's not exactly super light (laughs) what i was thinking so she never referred to herself as a jedi did she i don't think she did there's plenty of opportunity didn't she actually say that she had left the Jedi Order? Yeah, that was close as she came, I think. Right. Did she say that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty much assumed that anyway, which is odd that Bo-Katan would send her there. I know where there's a Jedi. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was something. Oh, know that. I mean, I'm... I don't know. She should know that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just something more that just telling them, like, she hasn't been around other Jedis because there's so few of them left. Well, she sure has a lot of experience with Oh, them. <laughs> no, here I have it. She officially said the Jedi Order fell a long time ago. So, she, yeah, she doesn't say she's a Jedi. And she doesn't say she's not a Jedi. <laughs> but she she's said there's some out there. <laughs> yeah, very vague. I'm surprised. Well, just to throw it in. When she said, well, okay, I won't do it now. I'll do it at the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what's your number three? Yeah, my number three is the same as yours. The Return of the Jedi as we see Ahsoka Tano just kicking ass all over the place. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of cool, especially it's like, oh, I'm ninja. Yeah. You can't see me. Dave, what's your number three? I like the, uh, my number three is the Mando Ahsoka fight. When he first goes out looking for, pretending to be a bounty hunter for 
Yes. And of course they meet. It's like standard comic book tropes. Two superheroes to fight it out before they figure out they're best friends. Right. <laughs> but it was Is your name packed. Martha too? Yeah, exactly. But it was pretty cute. A good fight. I don't know. Keep <laughs> describes it, but the, there was one look that when he used the rope there to tie her up, oh, she just yeah. gave him a smile, looked up, and then hurled him over the top of the uh, branch there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. That's my number three. Mando Ahsoka fight. All right. Number two. Ah, See, I have like a couple of things. So I'm like, oh, what's my number one? What's my number one? So my number two would probably be the reveal that, which we know the baby had a name, but Grogu. It's like, okay, really? No. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that she was like, yeah, that's his name. What's wrong? Like, you don't know this? It's like, yeah, the kid's not exactly chatty. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the only word he says is patu. Patu. <laughs> So that, that has to be my number two, just that we got a name and now we can't just say Baby Yoda. I almost feel, though, that they did that because everyone's like, it's Baby Yoda. And they're like, it's not Baby Yoda. Yeah. Give the damn kid a name already. <laughs> Steve, what do you got? I'm tracking right along with you, Sean, is the child definitely has a name now. And we find out that it was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant with many masters training him over the years. But at the end of the Clone Wars, when the Empire rose to power, he was hidden and someone took him from the temple. Though his memories after that are sad as he was mostly alone. Okay, that killed me because of like many years. I mean, I know the kid's 50, but like he just seems almost baby-like. Right. Oh, my God. How the heck have they been, like, training them with a bunch of them? Holy cow. Right. Yeah. Begs the question, who was training them, too? Yes. Which or actually, who hit them? Oh, yeah. See, I have I have questions for you guys after we're done with our number oh. one. Yeah. Yeah. I got a big question. Okay. But before we get to my question, Dave, what's your number two? Mine is show yourself, Jedi, which she doesn't have a problem with. But that was great. We're assuming that Mando's out of the picture. She shows up at the gate like she said she would. And she's in the fog. And, you know, show yourself, Jedi. And, of course, you see the two white lightsabers open up. And the next thing you know, she's over the top of that wall. (laughs) That was so badass. And she's slicing her way through the guy and that giant bell. (laughs) And she gives that one guy a look, too. And he's like, no, thanks. Yeah. And runs off. (laughs) like, "Uh, I I was forced into this. Yeah. I prefer not to be eviscerated today. Goodbye. Yeah, I thought that was pretty bad. He comes at her with like the the big mallet for the gong. I'm like, really? I know. That's all I have. This is all they gave me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we'll get to our number ones. And uh, I I was like, and I know you already said it's kind of fan service, but the reveal of Thrawn, because yeah. I have not read all the books. I have heard about Thrawn like on and on and on from everybody who's read the books because there's multiple books with him. And there was a trilogy where he was first introduced and he, when Disney bought him out, those first three are no longer canon which that kills me but i don't understand that but we have this big bad who's a chris and if you look at him he kind of reminds me uh me personally of like nightcrawler i don't know if he has a tail but uh he's blue with red eyes he's kind of kind of creepastic looking and when you read because i was on starwars.com reading about him and he's kind of a giant asshole (laughs) 
<laughs> I know that's bad to say, but it's also, it's like he is playing chess because he's got his moves thought out way ahead of time. And I don't know if that's what the Chris is like. Like, it's hard to understand if you haven't read any of the book. So while reading through this stuff, it seems like his whole people and like the, what is it, like the governing body of his people really have been trying to play like the long game to get as much knowledge as possible but kind of not really help people so it was really interesting when when they said it and it makes me wonder if he's going to be the big bad that they're going to throw in at the end or like you had said dave is it going to be like new show for uh, uh, ahsoka tano well that's what's trending on the internet yeah (laughs) a lot of people are thinking that way that's for sure when you get past the clone wars and get into star wars rebels you're going to see a lot of grand admiral thrawn oh really oh really yeah Uh, (laughs) i got a long way to go gotcha yeah it's a lot (laughs) yeah see it's like i said i'm only on like episode three or four Steve, what's your number one? Well, my number one is the team up they'll never see coming. It was great the way Osaka and um, Mando teamed up to bring down the magistrate, especially the fight scene with Osaka and the magistrate. That was just awesome. And it was very interesting to see that the lightsabers don't affect Beskar at all. Hmm. I mean, we Which, saw it twice when Mando right. and Asako fought and then during this fight. And it's just like, damn, this stuff must be everything proof. Well, well what, it do, made what me do you wonder, think a Darksaber will do to it? Oh, my God. Maybe that was just a preview. Right. It made me wonder if that was why the Mandalorians were almost always like against the Jedi. Because it's like we can't do much with our armor and they can't break through. So it's almost like we're just going to butt heads forever. Yeah. (laughs) Dave, what is your number one? My number one was Mando saying goodbye to baby Grogu. Okay, I almost cried there. (laughs) Yes, that would have been a good slow. You know how every action episode needs to slow it down just a little bit Mm -hmm. until you get get to the crazy finale. That would have been a good, not low point, but slow point. But it was touching. And I guess it was a bit of a a tearjerker. And you could tell they built an attachment for each other. I don't know how long he spent in uh, Razor Crest, but he said he'd be right back. And next thing you know, she's showing up like, where have you been? Ahsoka's like, I've kind of been waiting for you. Dude, but yeah, was, I thought that was a touchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Long goodbye. That's my number one. Oh, my gosh. It was so sweet, though. But yeah, I did almost cry. Yep. All right. Let's get into honorable mentions, Sean. I have two. So the first one is the white lightsabers because it just reflects non-affiliation which I thought was interesting Mm. as I had to look that up. And then the other one is Michael Bean. Yeah, I know. I'm looking at him going, he looks really familiar. And then all of a sudden I'm like, is that Michael Bean? And my husband's like, no, no, that's not him. And I looked, I'm like, it is him. (laughs) I know my teenage heartthrobs. I loved him. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, he was a jerk, but it was what he says later. It's like, oh, we're a lot alike we're willing to die but this isn't this isn't the right cause mm. and i'm thinking 
oh, maybe he is just kind of like a bounty hunter. And then he wasn't. He was just a jerk. But I was like, oh, that's cool. And I just love the fact that there's so many people who are willing to be on this show, even for just like a really quick kind of thing, barely any dialogue, because everybody wants to be part of Star Wars, it seems. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What's your second one there, Sean? Oh, that was it. Those two, the lightsaber and Michael Bean. Ah, okay. Yeah. Dave? I had Be the Force Be With You, and that gets me just as much as I live long and prosper. (laughs) (laughs) And my honorable mention was the Ahsoka Morgan fight. That was pretty badass samurai when they were facing off. Yeah. It almost reminds me of that the fight of the at the end of oh my goodness, I'm not gonna place the movie. But it's it's the one oh never mind. I'll get it by the end of the episode when I take the cork out of my head and all the thoughts fill out. All right. My uh, honorable mentions is of course dad knows best. They try the training with Grogu is with the stone and Osaka sends it to him and he looks at it and just drops it. <laughs> Yeah. And Mando this isn't shiny. It. Yeah. And Mando <laughs> tries it. He was not having any of it. Not going to take it. Until he thinks that he's just happens to have the shiny round knob in his pocket that Grogu had taken off <laughs> the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, I that, that just part. <laughs> vacuums <laughs> that up like a nothing else. The part, though, when they're coming off the ship, he's like, I told you this stays inside. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I do that with my dog because she always wants to take her ball outside. I'm like, no, this stays inside. And I just keep thinking, oh my gosh, somebody has been watching their dog too much. Right. Or that's where this is coming from. (laughs) And of course, my last one happens to be the ending scene where Osaka says, nope, I cannot train him, but you got another task (laughs) to do. (laughs) Good grief. Go to Tython. Where he will find the ancient ruins of a Jedi temple with a strong connection to the Force, and that he must place Grogu on the seeing stone at the top of the mountain, where Grogu will then choose his path, and if he reaches out through the Force, a Jedi may sense his presence and come looking for him. And you go, hmm, I wonder who that could be. Yeah, that's already been hinted at, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So this is where my question... This is where my question comes into play. Ahsoka says that she's known one other like him. Right. So we're assuming she means Master Yoda. Yep. But what about Master Yaddle, who is the same species as Yoda, who is the female, who I believe at some point her and Yoda ran away and hit kids. <laughs> I believe that's what the what it is if you read through it. Like Yaddle was stuck down in like a hole for a really long time because she went to go try to negotiate peace big long problem finally gets out but she was a master on the jedi council so i thought if i remember what i had read about her correctly she was back at some point like with the clone war so she was back before the jedi fell so it's like how does soka not know about yaddle or is yaddle no longer um canon now Hmm. i feel like definitely canon she's definitely canon Okay. I'm like, they keep taking so many of these things and, oh, nope, that's not canon. It's like, what the hell? Well, they might have used the force to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people will talk, so I just, you know, I'm going to use the force. And she goes, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just really, it just seemed weird to me that she didn't know. But then, and I still don't understand her nickname from the Clone Wars. But I mean, that's a whole other story. 
Well, it could be also that it could be that her, if she gets her own series, meaning Ahsoka Tano, uh, she could be continuing. Since everything's building up Star Wars Rebels now, spoiler alert for the end of Rebels, but she's also in search of Ezra Bridger. And he was uh, using the Force. He could be a Jedi Knight. He could be the one out there that might heed the call. Right. Maybe it's Sabine Wren if she went through training. Could be looking for her, too. I mean, if she's looking for Thrawn, that's pretty much, well, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to spoil it for her. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for Sean. She'll be like, what the hell? Yeah. I know. It's fine. I've been reading stuff about this, trying to figure out you know who some people are and everything. So yeah. I'm still watching it. Gideon is working for Thrawn, or are they doing things separately without knowledge of each other? I don't know. Gideon's in a fleet. Whose fleet would it be? Right. Is it- yeah. <laughs> to have a ship that big, he can't be on his own. So he's got to be working for Thrawn. I guess. Ezra disappeared with Thrawn, so I don't know, maybe he is. He's got the sword, the, the dark saber. And right. So maybe, hey, it goes, if, if you held the dark saber, you were leader of the, the Mandalorian. So he maybe thinks, I don't need Thrawn anymore. Yeah, he's going. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I just assumed going off the movies that it was the weird people who, uh, since the Empire fell, that he got his giant fleet of whatever from those weird people who cloned uh spoiler alert Palpatine. <laughs> so because you never see their faces they're all creeptastic and zombie like in the background but you know i, I thought it, that's where they may be coming from like they're on that stark planet and like oh well they gave the, in this episode they gave morgan a lot of credit for building those ships too that's right. true and that's what decimated the planet actually she was bouncing from planet to planet yeah. to get uh resources Hmm. Uh, there's so many things. I'm so confused. But well, as far as uh, your question, uh, who's the Jedi out there? It would be it would be bold to make it uh, Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah, they'd have they would have to recast him somehow. It's only five years, right? Yeah, All right. All right. So it have to be a, a young Luke. That'd be cool. And everyone mentioned Ezra Bridger might be out there too. And I'm surprised I didn't hear Princess Leia's name. She wasn't a Jedi Knight, but she certainly wields the Force. And yep. why doesn't she sense Baby Grogu out there when he gets to Tython? Just, uh, I, just I thought they kind of showed, and I could be wrong because I haven't watched in a minute, in the one movie, I thought they had mentioned that she had never actually trained anybody until Ray got there. Yeah, but it doesn't mean she can't send, sense uh, the baby. Right. That's true. Maybe she'll send somebody. Yep. Although, yeah, let's not maybe. get a really bad CGI. If anything, just have like, your. this is weird too, saying this, just have like the back of the head, yeah. you know, with a voice, <laughs> but you, so you don't see bad CGI, because that was bad CGI on her. Right. In the one movie, where it's like, when they had the young, it, what is it? Why am I having a brain fart? Crap. Where they get the plans for the Death Star. That, that right. movie. Oh, yeah. uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Yes, thank you. But I'm like, oh, they just like penciled the eyebrow. It was just bad CGI on her. Like the other guy was amazing and hers was just horrible. But anyway. Mm. Yeah, the movie I was trying to think of, by the way, was Kill Bill, that samurai fight scene. Right. At the, oh. at the end of Kill Bill. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Looking nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where are we, guys? I think we're at ratings. ratings. We have ratings. Sean, do you have a rating for us? Uh, I am going to have to say I give this one four shiny balls. Yeah. 
just because we had like three big reveals and like I said, the fight scene, it was kind of fun. And and yes, we're on our next path that we must follow. So, (laughs) And I'm giving it four and a half out of five best car staff. (laughs) And I'm giving it two and a half dusty yellow planets. And it, it was dark. And I know for the cinematography, I, I watched it on the 4K TV and I was like so excited. And then what do they do? Everything's dark and yellow. And like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave it two and a half because of the fan service. Right. there. That. <laughs> I just like seeing the Osaka Tana in real life. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone does. And, you know, everyone's going crazy and going crazy over it. So, OK, yep. I'm good. I'm good with that. Although seriously, I mean, you're giving it whole planets, so you know you're reading yellow planets, than, but your rating's <laughs> bigger than ours, quite yeah. physically. So. Okay, we do have some feedback for this episode, <laughs> as our friend Fred from the Netherlands has provided some feedback. So let's take a listen. Hello, Steve, Dave, and Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5. What a treat this episode. A lot of very nice, very well choreographed fight scenes in this episode. Really impressive. When I saw these lips of Ahsoka Tano and these cheekbones, I thought, I know these. And of course, it's Rosario Dawson, who actually is one of my favorite secondary characters from the Marvel Universe, as Nurse Claire Temple from Luke Cage, as well as Daredevil. And I'm now at Season 4, Episode 15 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then there is a pause. So now I'm going to watch for the first time Iron Fist, the first season, and this is according to the Marvel Universe advised watch order of series and movies and it seems that rosario dawson will be in that as well so i'm very much looking forward to that second cool thing is that we now know that the child always calling this creature the child or baby yoda is called grogu and that he is not baby yoda that he really is a being of the same species, but it's not Yoda. Confirmed now by Asoko Tana. My statement of last week is true again, that he is on a kind of quest and has to conquer all kinds of steps in between, like in a computer game. The only difference with this in comparison to the previous episode is that he offered himself now to help, but nonetheless it was again a deal to get a step further, and he thought it would be the final step, namely leaving the child with Ahsoka Tano. Okay, on its way to the planet Titan for a next adventure. And of course we wonder if Ahsoka Tano got out of the magistrate Morgan Elspeth the name or the whereabouts actually of Grand Admiral Thrawn. A figure I don't know actually. Is he the same as Moff Gideon? Probably not. As said before, I'm not so good in Star Wars canon. That was all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, I don't think any of us were uh, unhappy seeing Rosario Dawson, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I do like her. (laughs) Pretty sure that uh, Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, outranks Moff Gideon. Yep. But I can see the final episode of the season ending on that planet with Moff Gideon showing up, as well as Bo-Katan and (laughs) some other Jedi. (laughs) 
So yeah, well, it'll probably be Ezra. Yeah, we're gonna just have a bunch of people pop in, huh? And just awesome fight scene. Although I really like what Dave. Wait, was it Dave or Steve? Uh, sorry, which one? One of you said about Moff Gideon having the black saber, thinking he's basically he's the shit now. He doesn't need any help. So, <laughs> so that's interesting, and I I feel like you're really spot on with that. So I think we'll we'll see that come into play more than possibly Thrawn this season. That'll be the the final scene will be Thrawn showing up. <laughs> or you'll just, it'll be like that episode of Doctor Who where all of a sudden it cuts and all you see is the eyes. Yes. <laughs> so you won't actually see because that way they'll be like, well, we can re- recast this one if we need to. But I think that might be where we're going. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Fred. That I That was awesome because, yeah, there was so much going on and on to the next location. Now, yeah. everything he said <laughs> previously about the knighthood quest, it, it really is starting to play in right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What do they call it? Uh, not the TASA, Tasks of Hercules. Right. Something like that. Hercules had to go through all sorts of things, too, before he got his reward. Poor Mando. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing from you on next episode, Fred. Yep. And if you want to, anyone else still wants to come up with reviews, please re- review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show to find us, as there are plenty of other Mandalorian podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you are enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. Any contact info for them, Sean? I do have contact info. Of course, it's always easiest to go to the website and click the contact button, which is www.fangirlzone.com. But you can find us on Facebook, FG Zone, Twitter, FGZ Podcast, Instagram, the Fangirl Zone Podcast, YouTube, we are the Fangirl Zone, and Tumblr, which is kind of fallen by the wayside. It's the Fangirl Zone Podcast. And you can reach out to us via email, which of course is spot on way to do it. Mudhornmail at fangirlzone.com. And uh, you have all three of us. So you can see us on, on the contacts page if you want to send us something directly. But we totally love hearing from you guys. And we're excited and can't wait. Because somebody needs to tell me about Yaddle. Come on, guys. Get on this. All right. This is Steve. I've seen what feelings do to a fully trained Jedi Knight. I will not start this child down this path. Better to have his abilities fade. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sean Fangirl-S, and I told you he was stubborn. And this is Beskar Dave. Anyone, anyone want to see my spear? It's shiny. 